Hello and welcome to the Steady Perspective podcast with me, Paul Baldwin. Now we've got a special one today. Um, we're down here in the lovely city of Oxford and we're having a little one-to-one with the newest... I, I'm, can we call them partners? I don't know. I mean, you know, a friend, the newest friend of the Steady Perspective I'm, podcast. And my second oldest friend, actually. You can call me a partner if I get a cut. <laughs> <laughs> if we make any money. But I did, speaking of which, I do want to say thank you for the 34 listeners we had last week. I mean, that blew my mind. I've got to be honest, I didn't think, apart from the people we sent it to, or I sent it to, uh, or maybe we, me, me, Armin and Bryn, uh, sent it to who by the way gave very good feedback very helpful and very you know lovely feedback you know very nice uh, and and also honest feedback I'm just going on about feedback now I'm going to move on but yeah no it was it was um, amazing last week uh, sorry I'm just having a drink here and now we're on which I'm humbled to say that we're on Spotify in Google Podcasts as well as other streaming services for podcasts as well as Anchor. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for everyone. Uh, so we're episode two slash three um, on the Steady Perspective podcast. I'm really interesting actually. Me and Jamie recorded just now about 45 minutes of content. But I'm still relatively new to Zap. So I recorded it onto the original episode we had with Bryn and Armin. Which was quite awkward, but uh, you know, lucky, you know, um, practice makes perfect, like they say. Uh, it wasn't the best. We had very good points, or well, Jamie had very good points about architecture. Um, oh, I spoiled the topic. We're doing it on architecture. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had to cut one or two bits out. But yeah, now we can start again, start fresh. It's kind of, you know, put me at ease somewhat. somewhat. So yeah, we're here with James. He calls himself James at uni for some reason, but I've known him for Jamie for most of the time. We've known each other, but well, what do you want to be referred to, James or Jamie, or do you not mind? Uh, I, I, I don't mind. He doesn't um, mind. He doesn't mind, guys, okay? Yeah. <laughs> University uh, friends call me James, and then uh, Is that, that's friends a... and family call me, close friends and family call me Jamie. Oh, you consider me a close friend. Oh, I love I that, mate. consider I... you as a... Person who calls me Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that to be fair. Uh, so we're in Oxford today. Uh, t- we saw the Wickham Oxford game. Heartbreaking result. You know, Oxford getting a winning goal in the 93rd minute. Such a shame. Such, Such a, a shame. shame. Like, Jamie's not a massive football fan, but he was supporting Wickham for me. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the game. You guys probably don't care about how Wickham play football because see their two goals. Uh, that's why, if you're wondering why my throat's a bit off, you know, a lot, one or two songs for some. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about architecture. I feel under, uh, architecture's a relatively underrated thing in the sense that it's all around us, but people pay attention to it. I would be wrong if, the, if, I, if I said that they didn't, but they don't... You know, they don't pay... I mean, I could be completely wrong. I could be on a limb here. But, like, you know, a, a lot of people wouldn't say have, like, a massive interest in it. But it is a very interesting, you know, you could say fascinating topic. How it kind of makes a town. It reflects history. It's like a... It's like an archive, you know. So, for example, if you see something from the 1800s, you know, you can imagine going back in, in that period of time. Um... I mean, we're in an architecturally stunning town here in, in Oxford. So, what made you, Jamie, got st- me, gone to stop myself talking, uh, what made you want to be an architect in the first place? Um, uh, good question. Cool. Um, that's quite a deep question. Quite a deep question. Uh, well, fire away. I, I don't, uh, honestly, um, um, I, 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 I pick... I picked architecture because I'm quite good at graphical design. You are, I have seen. Um, but architecture combines a lot of different elements together. So you have the engineering element, the physics, obviously, the maths. You also have the geographical elements. You have the arts, 
the design. You also have um, like you're doing now. I can yeah. see your work you're doing I'm now. To... By the way, your coursework makes me feel ill to look at. It looks so complicated. So some of the yeah, well, the thing is, a lot of a lot of what architects like to do is sometimes, which I really don't like, is make things more complicated than they need to be, mm. and a lot of a lot of the time. You just wish they dumbed it down a little bit because yeah, sometimes it's just unnecessarily complicated. But um, I mean, seeing that, I can kind of get where you're coming from there because you know, I mean, sure, probably you probably need all that stuff, but there's a lot of buildings which the beauty in them is their kind of simplicity. If you know, yeah, uh, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think my personal style has always been. I prefer quite intricate. Um, yeah, intricate elements that are uh, what's the word? Um, parametric. Oh um, wow! What's parametric? Can you explain so that? So parametric architectural design is where, I mean, if you type it into Google, it's probably a better description than I could ever make. But it's <laughs> it's where you control one element in a design, mm. and that size the results of the design so perhaps you put one input in and that gives you a completely different result yeah in terms of um aesthetics yeah yeah so um yeah i i, I quite i i was in a unit last year where we looked at biophilia which is human connections with uh the environment wow okay and that was all about curves um, pretty much. <laughs> it was just trying to make the coolest looking thing you can. Really? Um, uh, for example, there's a Oh, well, way. for our listeners who can't see the wall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's certainly interesting. I mean, I would be lying to say that I know what that is. But this is my, um, this is my flatmate's work. And basically, for those who, can't see. Um, yeah, that's all our listeners. <laughs> that's all our listeners. It's basically all curves in a, a manner of different arrays. Um, basically curved walls. Imagine you're living in a sponge, basically. Living in a sponge. Very, yeah. very interesting way to put it. Yeah, I think that, that sort of sums a lot of what we did up um, from last year. Because I remember you told me about architecture. Which I found fascinating. I mean, I know you didn't use this example, but the way you said it was similar to this example. It's kind of like, you know, getting to football. Like, in terms of... Now, hear me out on this one. Yeah. Most footballers will be amateur, like Sunday League. Mm. And only the top 1% make it Premier League, Champions League. And you said with architecture, most of them will design... And no disrespect, but... um, at all, obviously, but like you would design, you know, like terrace houses and design decide where the plugs go. That's what you said. Okay, I when I said this, I had I, I recently I've luckily acquired some experience in an actual proper firm called Scott Brownrig. Wow. Okay, and a bit of a plug for Scott Brown. Scott Brownrig Architects. Oh, they, they <laughs> located in Guildford. Located in Guildford. Please give me a job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this could be an interview. You never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I I luckily I, I went there for a two two days really. Uh, saw the practice. Uh, they had a basically a review day. Mm. Thursday reviews where they basically they have a crit and for those who don't know, a crit is basically where you stand in front of a, an audience in a practice or in a studio, and you just get roasted roasted yeah you do, basically they criticize your work to try and get get you better it. yeah absolutely and when i was there um there, there were two guys quite senior members by the looks of things they were quite not old but experienced and they they didn't do very well they got sorted um, so what the senior members got slaughtered? Well, not the, they didn't get slaughtered. What one guy, basically came up with a render that was not, uh, well it was it was a good render, but it was basically a brick block. Um, oh okay. That's that's why he got slaughtered because 
he showed it, he was going to show it to a client, which is a big no. Mm. Because if it's not the best you can do, then it shouldn't be going to a client. Oh, 100%, yeah, I agree with that. So he got in trouble. Um, and it, it was just a very interesting experience. Um, I mean, does it put you off architecture at all? Absolutely not at all. Because uh, it, it's interesting how I think you can probably agree with this, Paul. It's that when you're at school, you don't see how these the things you get taught actually is applied. Implement it into the real world. Yeah. yeah. Until you actually see it, and it's weird because at at uh, university we get told, oh, you have to have a brief, you have to have a design page, research page whatever and the exact same thing the exact same process happens in real life and it's just it even though it seems like you're just doing little baby steps mm. it, it's exactly the same the exactly so, so like algebra would you use algebra uh potentially it depends on the project <laughs> um, Certainly, we do use a bit of pythagoras and whatever oh yeah Pythagoras. I, I can understand why you'd use pythagoras yeah. theorem yeah no, yeah, obviously maths is a very important skill to have. Um, I mean, it's the language of science, isn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. yeah maths is, yeah, yeah, the language of science. Um, I mean, so you missed a lot of quality content from the cut version of this, but you know, it's an edit, we've learned from it. Um, we were talking about, you know, cities before. And I asked you what your favourite city in terms of architecture was. Now, you said to me you had a feeling when you were in New York like no other. Can, can you explain to our listeners why? I, well, when I went to New York, I, I immediately knew I wanted to live there mm. at some point. I mean, life. did you go to like the touristy parts? Because when I went to New York <laughs> with my college... We went to kind of mostly touristy parts. We didn't go to like the East Village or Greenwich or Chelsea. I'll be honest, I literally dragged my mum everywhere. Dragged your mum everywhere? Yeah, I, I was only there for a few days. I, I was basically, I was uh, based outside. Um, uh, I can't remember where it was. Oh, so you, were you not based in Manhattan? I wasn't based in Manhattan, no. I was, I was based uh, just north of the actual city. Um, oh, so you weren't based in New York City, you were based no, in like, New Jersey or... Yeah. Like, one of the suburbs, like... One of the suburbs, basically. Yeah, um, or New York State. Yeah. Um, and basically, we just commuted commuted in um, mm. for the, the odd day. Uh, Greenwich is where... Oh, Greenwich is where I was staying. Oh, wait, is Greenwich, I thought Greenwich was in New York City. Well, it's... Uh, no, it's uh, just north. It's the suburbs. So oh, you have well, to train go. off the islands onto the mainland, and then. I mean, yeah. you know the interesting fact about New York, the Bronx is the only borough of New York City which is 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 which is on the mainland. Bronx. The Bronx, yeah, that's what I find fascinating about that, and this is kind of to do with architecture. New York City, one of the most probably the, I mean, listen, you could argue London. I I think London's personally the best city in the world. That's my opinion, but you could argue, probably. One of the most, if not the most iconic city. When you think of a city, you think New York, right? Yeah. So you could probably argue it's one of the most iconic cities in the world, or the most iconic. Definitely, yeah. Most and iconic. they're all built, all of it's built on an island, like three islands. They're yeah. built a bit off a coast, three islands. I mean, yeah, you've got another history of New York, which is, you know, they were all, like, they were Indian. Yeah, of Irish history there, Paul? I mean, yeah, I mean, I often <laughs> to get Irish history. Um, but, yeah, like... They're all islands, and they've made this metropolis from, like, what, Staten Island, Manhattan Island, and bits of Long Island, mm. and you made this metropolis. It's mental, mm. surely, from, like, an architectural point of view, how they done that. Yeah. Uh, no, it is mad. Because um, with London, it kind of grew... London became London or Londinium in the Roman times because of the River Thames and they built on the city of London, which is a separate part for the rest of London. And it kind of grew out organically. Mm. Whilst with New York City, I mean, it was originally the Dutch at the, and then it became English. You know, you built it on islands. And, yeah. you know, that's just... And they kind of, because of the time period where they were building it, because, you know, London was, what, 2,000 years old? And New York is definitely not 2,000 years old. You're having... You had 
pardon me, relatively modern architecture for the day being built on islands. Surely nothing, if they were planning to build a metropolis, nothing like that must have been done to that level before at the time. Yeah, what, what's the point? <laughs> no, what's the, the point is, like, you know, in terms of the idea that they've built, because New York has always been a forefront of urban design. Yeah. And they've built this on bit of one island, two other smaller islands, and just a bit of the mainland. That's incredible, sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think New York was the first place where they actually had, like, sky, where they were building skyscrapers. Because if you look at videos on YouTube in terms of the tallest buildings in, in the history of mankind... State yeah, like, most of them when you get to a certain time are in New York or Chicago but mostly New York and because they that was because there was limited space and you know it urbanised quite quickly they bit, they decided to build up instead of building across because they also know they could save money um, because before the in Europe certainly the tallest buildings were churches mm. and I think New York was the first time that like skyscrapers became a thing I mean, I know the Eiffel Tower was once the tallest building in the world. That was for the World's Fair. But I think New York was had the tallest, some of the tallest buildings beforehand. But the two, you had the Chrysler Building, the Empire State Building. Looking at more modern pieces of architecture, the tallest building in uh, the Western Hemisphere, I believe, is the One World Trade Center, which is, you know, obviously it's there for a very, very sad reason. And it's, but it's quite, it's, it's a Im- very impressive building. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it's it, the how modern it is and how it kind of looks over the city and and all the bridges. That, by the way, if you I love architecture, you know I love bridges. And I guess you know you might be the same. Like there's something about a bridge in terms of architectural excellence, which is just you know it, that in my opinion, a bridge can make a city. Do you know I, what I mean? I think bridges are more engineering. Engineering. Um, I mean, the architecture. It does come hand in hand. Yeah, a bit, but. There's a lot less you can design in a bridge than you can design in a So, we've talked about New York and why... I mean, do you have a favourite building in New York? I, I do... Well, I have a few. I, I really like Hearst Tower. Uh, I think Hearst. Hearst Tower is basically... It's uh, designed by Fosters, I think. What, the beer company? No, Fosters and Partners. Oh, oh, it's an architect. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> why does Foster's beer have a skyscraper in New York City? <laughs> Foster's beer designing towers and oh, well, that is product <laughs> diversification. Yeah, marketing Foster's. So, so what is this building like? What's it's it? It's basically um, on top of a sandstone. I think it's. It used to be a bank or something. Because that's what I heard about New York. Apparently they couldn't build uh, skyscrapers in South London because it's marshland, but New York is all concrete rock. So that's why they yeah, could build... Yeah, the bedrock is very hard. Yeah. yeah because London is uh, based on uh, a layer of silt and clay. Yeah. And uh, the permeability is very high. Mm. So it's quite poor for uh, building on, which is like the, the foundations for the shard was like, half the height of it or something. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, because they didn't know if they could build the Shard in South London. Mm. Because it, it, uh, even though it's not really... It's it's only just South London. Like, it's just over the Thames. But they didn't think they could build it because, you know, of the, of the marshland. But and by the way, if you've ever gone, the Shard is one of the most... It's the tallest building in Europe. It's one of the most impressive... Big up London. Big up, big up <laughs> London. Like it needs any more big up. But um, it's... Is one of the most impressive pieces of architecture to look up. It's it's almost too tall to look up, if you know what I mean. Like straight up, I remember looking, thinking this is just amazing. This is incredible. But um, so you talk about let's talk about London. Um, we we're talking in the podcast earlier. What what do you think of the architecture in London? Uh, overall. <laughs> overall, yeah. Like I I think the city is great. I love the mix. Of the old and new, I think it's done really well. I think in terms of sorry to interrupt, but in terms of modern cities, I think there's not many better than mixing history and innovative modern design than London does. Yeah, I I I, I agree with that. I think because it is regulated quite well, mm. I think 
obviously the RBA really does take care and in overseeing yeah. what gets built. Uh, it probably isn't just the RBA, there's probably a lot of other planning boards mm. uh, that oversee it. But um, yeah, it just it, it shows how um, important uh, city skylines are and how important it is to us. It's weird how a city skyline can kind of make a city do Well, it does because, you know, the, the London Eye, the Millennium Wheel, I think it is. A, yeah. Well, it was initially the Millennium Wheel. Yeah. Um, that was quite controversial at the start, but now it's become an icon. Oh, it's an icon of, of, London, yeah. of London, and it was actually really controversial when it was first, because it was right outside Westminster. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And right outside like, Waterloo Station as well. Yeah, so it, and that was really controversial at the time, and now it's an icon of the city. You know what I find when so Birmingham every year around Christmas bringing brings in a wheel. I think they should keep that there as an attraction. Because I feel like, Ma- I think Manchester's a real, I'm not sure, I haven't been to Manchester in a while. Mm. And London has an iconic wheel. I think a wheel is just a touristy site, but it can also add to a city. It's, I yeah, I think you have to be really careful with these things. Because, I, I, in my view, what does a like tourist attraction really add to a city other than another economic input? I mean, you think about it, the most iconic bit of architecture in Paris, the Eiffel Tower, yeah. was just something for the World Fair. Yeah, but my argument is, for example, in New York again, there's a new art installation by um, Heatherwick. Um, is he a famous architect? He is. A, he's another famous architect. He's actually a designer, a project designer, but he's not... Anyway, is that like his hobby? Like, oh yeah, my, in my spare time, I want yeah. to design buildings. And he's done this art installation, which is just basically loads of steps mm. going up in circles all the way up and it's a it's built for a basically a tourist attraction you can see people would go up walk up all the way to the top take a photo or whatever mm. but what does that actually add to the city of new york other than fill up space and bring more people into a, a location i get that because you get like amsterdam for example trying to cut down on tourists yeah i i I don't feel like it adds much value to people who live there but also like couldn't the architectural like kind of marvel if it if it was i mean i don't know what the building's like but like Mm. this innovative design and this innovative creative idea add to the cityscape of new york thinking you know creative innovative ideas come to this city and this city's uh, it adds to a city in the sense that people come in to admire it and people may for example if you're doing a um i don't know where i was going with this but i'm just going to continue <laughs> the point anyway like if you were say international businessman and you're trying to you know have good good feeling goodwill towards them you could take them up there and show them and that maybe that could help. I, oh, and it and it would bring money into the local economy anyway. It would make jobs. I I mean, I I don't. Honestly, it's a it's a tourist attraction at the end of the day. It's just to tourism bring brings a lot more into the area economy. and makes the 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 surrounding area boom a bit. I mean, more prosperous. More prosperous, exactly. But it doesn't add, in my view. It doesn't add anything to the city. Mm-hmm. I, I I just. I don't see... It doesn't do anything for the people of New York. That, that, that's my view on it. Well, Jamie, with the big opinions... Big opinions. Big opinions. Probably unjustified. Probably not backed up enough, but... Yeah. Is there any city in the world you'd want to go to see architecture? New York. Even though I've been there. You want to see more of New York? Uh, yeah, I loved it when I was there. And I, it's a huge city. Obviously, I couldn't see it all. Mm. I, I walked around as much as I could... Um, uh, yeah, I went to the Guggenheim. Unfortunately, I think I went on a Tuesday when the one day it's closed. Oh. Or Thursday, even. It was the one day it was closed. So I managed to get in the gift shop, and that's as far as I could go. Really? Yeah. Speaking of towers in New York, what do you think of, um, you know, being in the news? What do you think of Trump, Trump Tower? Trump Tower? I've actually been inside Trump Tower. I've, I've been inside Trump Tower. All gold. Well, it sums up 
<laughs> Let's not get too much into opinions, into political opinions, but yeah, I, I could agree with yeah, you. No, it, I don't think either side would mind us saying that. Sally um, <laughs> Perspective was trying to make uh, be non controversial. I think Trump would agree that it sums up him. I, yeah, I, no, I, he would, he would. I, I don't think anyone can doubt that's, <laughs> that's what he likes. Um, so we, we uh, talk about London architecture. Um, I remember actually a funny story about me and Jamie's friendship. We were we were out in London with another friend of ours, and we were in Liverpool Street, which is the city of London. Uh, which, as I said earlier, it's a kind of it, the city of London and the rest of London are relatively separate. Um, and he was just admiring the architecture. It was quite nice. I mean, to be fair, a lot of you know business buildings are there. A lot of really cool business buildings are there. And I think we were checking out one of them. Um, so what do you think of the future for London architecture, maybe? Because um, Canary Wharf was only made in the 90s, and look what, look what it is now. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there are loads of new uh, skyscrapers going up, um, loads of new buildings in architecture uh, in London. Um, yeah, there's not all skyscrapers. Um, you have to look at, you know, UCL, have got really nice buildings, brick buildings. Mm. Um, yeah, it's the thing is with London is that you've got to, as time goes on, you've got to do more with the space. Because um, the thing is with London, you know, it's it is different to New York. Like New York is all big buildings, whilst London, you know, you kind of don't want it to be too many big buildings because you know, as you said, there's restrictive view areas. Yeah, um, yeah. It, London, I think there's a very... You have to be very careful with the skyline. You have to be very careful with um, interrupting heritage. Um, you've just got to be more careful with it. Um, yeah. I, I'm a student, not, not a professional. But like, do you have an opinion on it? Like, opinion on... Uh, opinion on the... I mean, I remember I had a friend of mine who was doing an international English test mm. and is like kind of, you know how you get an essay question where you have to make a point, you have to articulate your opinion. His question was uh, about how the building boom in London may affect the London skyline. So, you know, and you're seeing these buildings going up and more innovative modern buildings being built in London. Mm. Um, well, there, there were loads of new housing projects, like Greenwich Greenwich. Peninsula is yeah. one of them. Um, there's some near Poplar, um, the on on the river there, not the River Thames, the one leading into it. Is it like a tributary to the Thames? Yeah. yeah. Um, there there are loads of new like tall buildings going up. Uh, no loads of new housing developments. Do you like any European cities? Do you like the old? I love I love I love Berlin actually. Berlin. Berlin. Yeah, I. Even I've though, never been to Berlin. Like, what, what, because think about if you think about Berlin, what you hear about Berlin is east and west. You know, because of its past. Yeah. You know, it's communist versus capitalist. Mm. You see a real difference, and then you can kind of when you're in East Berlin, it's almost like going back in time. Would I be wrong in saying that? Um. I. Yeah, it can't really remember when I was there. That's good. That's <laughs> really good. <laughs> um, so, no, it was when I was the thing that hit me about Berlin was the the culture more than anything, and mm. um, the the architecture was, you know, dated. I'll be honest. Really? It, well, it was dated, and then there was the extremes of really modern. Yeah. So you have you get you have the Reichstag building, the Foster's going. Is the Reichstag building a really tall one? No, it's the government building. Government building. Yes. No. Of course. Yes. Of course. It was a government yeah. building. Uh, and you've got the whole new developments going on there across the river as well. Um, it, it really, it's, it's weird because you have that and you contrast it mm. with um, other areas. I can't remember what, like Kloppy or something. I, I can't obviously say it. Um, but yeah, you can contrast different areas together. And yeah, it's just very interesting. Um, have you ever been to Paris or or an Italian city, something a bit different, something more what you'd call traditionally European. Um, so I've been to, I've been, 
a few places, Siena, I've been to um, Foligna, um, and then Venice. What do you, uh, Venice is an architect, I've been in Venice, it's an architectural marvel, it's something else. Yeah, I, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I particularly enjoyed going to uh, the islands around yeah. Venice. Um, I think actually the the islands were more interesting. The actual city. Well, I, I wow. say that you can't say that. That's a big ben, statement. Yeah, no, I take that back. <laughs> you take that I, back. I think Venice obviously has tons of uh, history to it, but I really enjoy going to other islands, and I recommend. Anyone goes to Venice, you have to see some of the other islands, particularly where the glass working uh, ones where they do all the um, jewellery and uh, vases and stuff. Because what I love about Italian architecture in, in particular is the intricacy and the attention to detail. Yeah. It's almost unmatched anywhere in the world when you look at like, these old fashioned cities and how they were made. Mm. like it's it's something else <laughs> do you know what I mean it's yeah the, I mean you know Rome was the first city in history I believe to reach over a million people and this was 2,000 years ago the architecture needed in a city to reach over a million people 2,000 years ago must have been insane but also the fact that you know Rome is still a very aesthetically pleasing city to look at even though it's for, for its history it's been you know, very populated. It didn't. Well, it grew way faster than other cities. Like that's just incredible to to even comprehend. Yeah, I think that the Roman Forum, for example, um, well, that you can have a look at that, and that sort of explains how it developed. There was no plan. You all the buildings are really well. Yeah. Well, well, obviously, when the building, uh, when the city was developing, there was no you know master plan. Yeah. Buildings just sort of popped up. Uh, everywhere and so you have the the forum which is like the courtyard mm. and you have various churches celebrating the gods mm. and then different um balasias baliscas or something yeah. i can't say it they, those are government government buildings and then you have a palace and they're just in random positions um because obviously when it was growing mm. no one no one no um, one foresaw yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, in the in the other podcast, we were talking one of the most interesting arch- architectural regions of, of the earth, which is China mm. and the Far East. You know, you got places like Hong Kong and Singapore, which I've never been myself, but I heard when I mean I know Hong Kong, Singapore. I mean Hong Kong, you know, is something else. But I know Singapore is an independent nation, so it's not China. But when I say China, I mean China in the Far East region. When you when you see them and you see the density that they build at in these places, you're just like that. They look like something else. Like I've heard stuff. I'm I've seen stuff on TV on online. I really want to go to Hong Kong and Singapore and parts of China and I I just that for someone who loves architecture like yourself must be just something else to entirely. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, what do you think about? you know, the Far Eastern architectural boom in China. I mean, China are just building new cities. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like, you know, it's, it's all powered by money. Uh, that's the trouble. Uh, they are, well, in, in school, you get taught, like, you know, what, what, what sort of architect do you want to be? Mm. Um, you know, sustainability and, like, getting a program that helps people the locals and the community um and there are a lot of projects you know referencing architecture uh, i can't say his name uh, but there's a few people that spring to mind um and then you see like abu dhabi abu dhabi the middle east is it's just powered by money uh, and at the same time, I mean, it, it, it creates a spectacle, but like it's like the Burj Khalifa. You, there are morals that you just think people are just doing this. Oh yeah, no, money. of course, yeah, and, and that, there's nothing wrong with it because like if if it wasn't for them, it'd be someone else. But also as well, you you hope it's regulated enough that people's lives are. Yeah, because there's a lot of like for one of Zara Hadid's buildings, mm. there was a massive concern. Uh, of construction workers death rates yeah but there wasn't enough 
attention being paid um, to the health of the construction workers. No, hundred well, percent. Many died. Like um, no building, no matter how beautiful it is, is worth one person dying. For. Like due to incompetence. You say that like the Panama Canal, millions of people died on that project. Yeah, I know, but like nowadays. What? Okay. Like nowadays, with the standards, you know, we want to hold ourselves to. Like it's not like for example. Hey, you can't, the trouble is now you're getting into the realm of how much do we put? How much do we value a person's life? And that's a very and this question. is not the topic <laughs> of the podcast. We talk about architecture, uh, so we're gonna keep on a light note. Um, I'm gonna try and keep on a light note. That's a real curveball. Uh, <laughs> but um, I value your life very much. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, remember, we had to cut the podcast last time. Did something like that. Um, but yeah, I just want to say no. It's like no building is knowingly worth that like oh yeah these people are gonna die we don't care do you know what i mean yeah, no. um definitely with the regulations you know we have in the modern day but um we're going on about china and and, and then building new cities and almost like new islands as well like what's your opinion on that uh well uh the buildings uh, i mean the architectural boom in new islands as well the architectural boom in China, I remember you said, you said Rome wasn't built in a day, but China was built in... Well, there was, yeah, it was something like that. I can't remember the exact quote, but we just, we, we read a, a little article and it said that China has used in three years what America used in, in the, whole of, the whole of the 20th century. I know, and honestly, that is the most mind-blowing fact you'll learn in this podcast, because the 21st century was 20th known century. 20th century I apologize <laughs> was known for America's century that was when America grew so much as, as as to become the superpower and you know you've got a country which is the size of a continent building roads to connect cities to different parts uh, uh, of the, the, it's the uh, what is it Asian cross cross Asian road or something it runs across Asia into um, Africa uh, Wait, building. is that a genuine road that's now? A, is a, that a going building. through the they're building that because yeah. they wanted to build a road from London to New York via Russia at one stage. That was like a uh, what across Alaska and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they wanted to build. They they've been thinking about this about the strait in between. So there's two islands. One, there's two islands <laughs> in between uh, Alaska and Russia. No, I figured building from Russia to one island to another island to Alaska and building all the way down to America, mm. that would be something. Be a hell of a road trip. Hell, hell of a road trip. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know the spectacle and the like the human achievement of that would be insane. I mean, the price would also be a lot. So we're in Oxford now. Um, what What do you think of Oxford? As I mean, it's a lovely place. I hate it. You hate it. <laughs> you <laughs> no. got me there, yeah. No, I, I lo- love it. So I'm very lucky to... Uh, the architecture it. here is a stunning city. Like Yeah, no, it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It must be cool learning a topic like architecture in an aesthetically stunning city like Oxford. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I, we're very lucky just to be able to go outside and see uh, really famous buildings like Sarah Deeds, uh, but... Uh, buildings out here. Um, is he a famous architect? Is she? Is she a famous? I apologise for my <laughs> assumption. Yeah. I I didn't hear Zaha. I heard uh, Zaha. Zaha. Yeah. I have that could be. I mean, that could be any name. Yeah. Well, she's dead now, so don't feel too bad about. Um. Okay. <laughs> Moving on again. Yeah. Um. So her buildings are here. Yeah. Like, do you, interesting fact about Oxford, is uh well kind of about Oxford and Wickham, you know, going to the Oxford-Wickham game today, known as the M40 derby. Um, big up Wickham. Big up Wickham, of course. Uh, <laughs> up the chair, boys. We lost. Um, that Wickham was originally a stagecoach stop between Oxford and London, and then grew from there. And, you know, Oxford, what I find interesting, is the second university ever built in the world. Yes. Or modern university ever built in the world. Uh, do you know why they put it in Oxford? Why they wanted to put... I mean, probably the university grew in prestige and structure and statues. I apologise for um, 
as being so old, um, you know, could grow in prestige, obviously, you know, had more time to, had more time to grow a reputation. Mm. But why Oxford? Why did, in the UK, go, okay, because the first university in the world was in Bologna. It's like, why did we want the first university, modern university in the UK, to be in Oxford? Do you know why? Um, no. You don't know why? Well, uh, hang on. I, I was going to go back to the point that how Oxford was named. Um, I heard that Ford is an old English term to put in a city or town when a river goes through it. So Oxford is the river Ox. Yes. Uh, so the place name is derived from the old English pre-7th century word Oxa, meaning the ox, and Forder, a shallow river crossing, uh, and therefore a cattle ford. Wow. So it, That's really cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, so Oxford is just named after an old cattle ford, uh, dating to the 7th century, I think. That's actually really cool. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Dating to the year 90, 912 AD. Sorry. I'm corrected by the article. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I thought 7th century too young, but it was younger, so that's really yeah, it's, amazing. Yeah, interesting. But, um... One thing to talk about today, one, one last thing. So we talked about in the last bit that you might have to miss out, we were talking about, was it brutalism? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just quickly explain to our listeners, we're going to move on from the point, but completely, uh, just, just explain what brutalism is. So brutalism, if you looked at the West Bank, yeah. uh, Tradic Tower, uh, these... Massive... Tradic Tower, by the way, I'd go on it near, sorry to interrupt, but on the train to London, and it is something else. Like, it's not... Naturally, you must have stayed building, but there's something about it. Yeah, it's basically normally they're characterized by massive concrete yeah. structures, um, very, very harsh materiality, very grey, um, and they're normally quite standoffish mm. um, and very imposing. They look like they just do a job, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I hate to. Like, when you look at, like, for example, could you say a 70s kind of office building, you know what I'm on about, mm. can be kind of brutalist? Yeah, I, I, I sort of get where you're coming from, is that they're there to serve a function. They, they're exactly, you feel like they're just there. I, I would disagree with that. You would disagree? Yeah, because then, then it's the spaces that they, they create um, which makes them special. Mm. I, I think you can't just say... Well, I mean, it is a... They're there to serve a function. Like there is, like, a part to... of architecture, and architecture, as an as overall, is an art. So, you know, they are part... They are an interpretation of the art of architecture. So they maybe to me, if I look at a 70s office building, I may not appreciate, but you know more about the art of architecture, so you can appreciate, and you say how they use the space. Mm, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that there's, the thing is, a lot of, for Tradic Tower, for example, I think gets quite, well, locals probably don't like it as much as maybe some other people would, just because they see it as a massive spike coming out of their neighbourhood, mm. made out of concrete, and there's actually a load of history that comes with it because that's what i like about architecture it's like a time capsule for the history where it was built yeah quite right. when it was built I did you hear that i just went out oh okay genuinely i just made it over and out you hear that from me but... um no i <laughs> when i when i said i made it up i mean i made up like the time capsule or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but i i originally had the idea yeah. from you yeah, but the sentence you, was originally you've got a You've got a reference. You've got a reference. <laughs> Greg in 2019. <laughs> Thank you. I'll just I'll tell you that. I'm going to put in a bibliography. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come out at the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you seen the building of flats in... I was going to say AC Milan, but in Milan. AC Milan. Where, Such a footballer. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's what I associate with the city of Milan is the football club <laughs> the AC. Football. Yeah. Um... You see the kind of this, this modern building f- apartments, but with plants growing around the building. It's something really special to look at. Like when you look at it online, like for example, if you've seen TV sh- uh, shows about it or mm. like videos online, it I looks. Think, yeah, there are a lot of projects like that. If you look at a lot of architecture in Singapore, you can. Um, because I think also, I mean, that's what architects need to think about now 
is how can architecture can kind of, I mean, could you say help the environment? I think our architecture needs to embrace a new type of an environment because mm. that's really well said, actually. The thing is, the natural today is different from the natural of previous uh, centuries, mm. for example. So, so, for example, uh, a, a forest, mm. a completely untouched forest, is natural. Yeah. But then when we go to the countryside, we can say, we say the same about that, even though it's made of man, man-made fields. Completely wow. artificial. You know what? It's weird because that is true, but you put it in a different perspective, semi perspective. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you put it in a different perspective then because like, I went for a walk the other day and seeing all these fields mm. or whatever, and you think, wow, natural beauty is so amazing. Yeah. But that is a natural. It's completely artificial. Wow, because that, that is the thing. We know that's true because all these fields are farmers' yeah. fields, but at the same time, you know, you don't think of it like that when you're there. That's really, you know, I th- a I really think, interesting insight that you've put forward there. Yeah, and I think we need to use this idea and put it in the urban context oh. and then put it in our cities as well. And I think we are starting to do that. We're starting to realise that, you know, we are losing this connection with our environment and we need to make it revolutionise mm. Um Nature is essentially what we're doing because we've done that thousands of years ago with farms, yeah. and now we're just realizing to to use that in the urban context as well. And it's essential we do do that because we get we gain so much from having nature around us. But there were n- numerous studies proving that we gain uh, a wider variety of health benefits. Not yeah, yeah, of course. Um, sleep. Um, I can't remember, but in various hospitals. Oxygen. Well, no, in the hospitals, you know, they have loads of pictures of nature. Yeah. Dotted around the hospitals. Could you think that could be a psychological thing? Right. It's, it's psychological. It is all psychological, but that the just viewing images of that is proven to improve uh, healing times. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. No one knows quite why it happens, but. Yeah, studies have proven it, it, it helps. So, yeah. And who am I to do or argue with science? Well, you can, I can quote you stuff on my dissertation. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that's your dissertation topic. That's really no, cool. my dissertation topic was actually architecture in space. But that was oh, that sounds cool. It was a bit, it was mad. And yeah. It Mine's was country of origin, branding and marketing. And I would like to do that on a podcast one day. I, I think I'd very much like to hear it. I know. Well, I would wish we could finish the dissertation, but you know, we've got a lot <laughs> to go. Um, one more thing I want to talk to you about in architecture, and it kind of relates to Milan, it relates to today, is stadium, or stadia, as people tend to use it as the plural. Yeah. Um, so, you know, most stadiums are football stadiums. We've got other sports stadiums, of course. What's your opinion? Because in my opinion, when I go to a city, I always feel like I have to see certain stadiums of that city. Yep. So if I... I mean, I don't know if Oxford, if the Kazam... Unless I was going to see we can play in Oxford, I don't know if it, the bus trip out to the Kazam would be worth my time if I wanted to see right. classical, traditional Oxford. But if I was in, you know, Milan or Manchester or Barcelona or Madrid, I mean, I have seen the Bonneville and I have seen Old Trafford, you know... I don't thank God for that. Braga. And Bra- by the way, Braga, if you haven't seen it, one of the most stunning architectural kind of stunning stadiums architecturally mm. and aesthetically that you will see. It's it's built on a cliff edge. It's mental. It's, it's built in an old qu- quarry. In a quarry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah it's beautiful. It's really nice. The, that's the thing. In a lot of cities, you feel like... Um, I don't know if it's just me, but you feel like you have to kind of see the stadiums. Maybe because yeah. I'm a football fan, but... Particularly in Braga, if you, if you go there, you know you, you get all the stairs going up in yeah. the seats. That is particularly really nice, the Braga one, because you look up and you're looking through cliff. Everywhere is either concrete or rock, and you feel like you're in an underground world. Wow. It is, honestly... And if you ever go to Portugal... I think Braga is north Portugal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
uh, you need to go there. You need to see it. Um, you yeah, there are, there are a lot of architectural gems there. But, uh, in Portugal in general. Or? In Portugal in general, there. Because are, you've been to a put a uh, a architectural trip in Portugal. If I'm yeah, right. I've been to to been to Lisbon, Porto, uh, Braga. Um, yeah, uh, all really historic. What I love, in a sense, going on on that point about architecture is it can represent a country and a culture. You know, Paris and France is a different architectural style from Italy and then from the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. from Germany, from America, for example. That's one thing I do love. It's it when we talk about it being kind of like a archive or time capsule. It's also you know, one thing that massively, you know, is kind of a time capsule of our culture as well. Well, yeah, because uh, oh, going back to Lisbon, um, Lisbon, not the whole city of Lisbon is, is just a story about its time because... I don't know who that is. That's really fair Sorry, can we pause it? Yeah, we'll pause it. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Um, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to continue about talking about countries and stadium. Hi, we're this week. Oh, you come in. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back in the unit in a bit. Yeah. Welcome back from that short break uh, to the Study Perspective podcast. Still here with Jamie. Now we're talking about how countries can have a and their culture can have an even the influence on the architecture or the architecture can also have an influence on the culture now we'll talk about Portugal and Braga and the stadium there because we were originally talking about stadiums but you know how we get yeah. sidetracked so uh, do you think Portugal is one of the best examples of this? Uh, well I, what I was going to say is something about Lisbon uh, oh Lisbon yeah Lisbon, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, Lisbon is it uh, I think I was going to say um, yeah there are the architecture there even though it's a a historic city been there for centuries. Mm. Uh, there is no architecture there dating back past a certain date due to a earthquake that happened there. Oh, really? And what happened was uh, there was a massive earthquake that caused a fire and then it caused all the people of Lisbon to run towards the sea. Mm. Of course, you know, when, when there's an earthquake, the sea retracts. So they went to the bay and there was no water there. And what mean what that means is when there's no water there, it means there's a tsunami. So there's now tsunami. we're getting a geography lesson. Well, no, but it means the tsunami came, killed a, a a large majority of the population of Lisbon. That's actually really and sad. And destroyed a lot of the architecture. So that's why you don't see. Passes on date. Well, yeah, you don't see architecture. That's actually really date. sad. But um, um, with that, with natural disasters, that's like Tokyo. You know, you've got the most populated city in the world. Like so many buildings, and so many you know architecturally significant buildings, in an earthquake capital, an earthquake hotspot. Yeah. Um. How? I mean, these buildings are made to withstand earthquakes. Like, do you see that as like really an impressive marvel? Like, how do you view that? Um, I think I, I think it's obviously, uh, very good. Um, I mean, to build a metropolis of, what, I think 36 million the Tokyo area has? Yeah. Uh, earthquake it's, it's the same with San Francisco. Yeah, and um, San Francisco as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a really good piece of engineering. Because um, engineering kind of goes into architecture. Well, yeah, yeah they work hand in hand. Hand like, in hand. You can't yeah. have impressive architecture with... No, impressive engineering. Well, engineering maybe not vice versa. Or debatably. Um, mm. But um, I mean that's kind of lucky, I guess, how London built up because it's not on a fault line. It hasn't got massively mm. geogra- It hasn't got many geographical obstacles. No. In fact, I looked at a video once by the UK. The topography of the UK is quite rugged, and London is one of the. There are actually some um, fault lines in London. Some old fault lines. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this just is south of Canary Wharf, there are quite a few. We we'll talked about Canary Wharf earlier. Yeah, maybe not are. on this podcast yeah. and the other one that you won't get to hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
Um, we have actually got another architect in the room today. Um, um, he's just joined us. Um, Fra- again, Fra- again, we're going to stop this. Because <laughs> she didn't ask for this. <laughs> so she's not... That's why I was going to introduce her, but she didn't ask. So I Come said... On, you know, no, so we, we just got to say hi to Fran, but she doesn't want to be involved. And that's fair enough. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a weird experience being on knowing you're going to be on like Spotify and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big thing. Uh, uh, it's recently... By the way, Recent plug, recent plug, two percent of the viewing viewerships in Australia, so we're international now, yeah. and we're on Spotify and Google and all of uh, respectable podcast platforms. Just again, just putting that in there. Just also, uh, plugging PH photography. PHP photography. Well, no, James, you know James Gregan design on Instagram. You can. Uh, I didn't even plug <laughs> in my d- photography page, but I'll plug in your design page. <laughs> I've seen it myself. It's very interesting. So we'll talk about just briefly there on stadium we saw the Kazan today which is you know very odd architecturally it's got three stands and it's not like one of the stands is uh one of well, the place where there's no stand sorry is like there's the car park there and I'm like, mm. you're gonna hit balls you're gonna hit a car park um and you saw the Braga one what what, what do you think about stadia architecture like is it one of your favorite bits of architecture is it not that interesting for you um well but the thing is, what I would say is that essentially it's all one function. One function, I remember you saying. Because there's only one program that you have with stadium architecture, and unless you obviously add on hotels or mm. other things. So really, it's just about how creative you can be with the surrounding context. Because in my opinion, sorry to interrupt, but like with stadium architecture, I think you get some of the most creative like especially with the new White Hart Lane, mm. uh, the Olympic Stadium, the new Wembley. I mean, these are all in England, but then you got the Mercedes Benz Arena in, and yeah. then you've got the Allianz, which is like a spaceship. Like, well, I I think it it just shows the variation you can have when you have different specifications or different inputs into a project. Mm. Because you mentioned the Mercedes Benz project that was a really costly stadium. Oh, it was of course, really expensive. Um. But then you have other stadiums like the the one in um, Braga, yeah. that was built in a quarry, and that was that's the result of that that stadium is completely uh, based around the context. Yeah. So you have these different inputs, and it's amazing the variation you can get just through these different inputs, and it, it just shows how architecture can be so uh, full of variety. Mm. Um, and that's the thing with uh what because Tottenham just made a new stadium now and costs it costs a lot of a budget, uh, but it looks really innovative. I remember seeing the outlay of like when they were setting up and it was like wow this is really impressive, but I remember going to the Olympic Stadium and I was thinking very impressive stadium, but it was interesting how it wasn't built for football and you think you know it's not it wouldn't make that much of a difference because it had a running track originally and I think it still has the capability to have a running track. But it it's weird how the atmosphere was so dramatically, cha- how it dramatically changed because they used to have an old uh an old ground the bowling ground or Upton Park, uh where it was like like the st- like today like the atmosphere was right on top of you you know it was an old ground it was like you know it was like a cauldron. Well, the Olympic Stadium, I felt like, yeah, okay, this is good to watch football, but it's not good to have the atmosphere of football. It's quite, like, it's good to watch a spectator sport, but when people go to football matches, they, they want to cheer, they want to make an atmosphere. They don't go to just watch. Mm-hmm. That's what I noticed about uh, the Olympic Stadium. As you said, they've cut down from 80,000 to about, what, 55,000? How maybe would you have maybe, uh, combated that? If you, you were given the job and you were like, this, we need to make this more of a football stadium maybe move it in closer or maybe more of an atmosphere it's hard to say because you don't want to redesign because yeah exactly that's what i think tottenham will have uh they they're going to build a big stadium obviously but they want to keep the atmosphere that's that's a hard thing in football you want to build a biggest stadium most impressive stadium you can be got to keep the atmosphere i think well i i don't know anything about the project but i think the, the key things you said is the atmosphere mm. and probably what what creates the atmosphere in that situation is the noise because mm. um, when what i've noticed when i'm in the smaller older grounds you know you get more of an atmosphere well, sometimes I, when you're in bigger grounds so. I, I think for for example today when we were at in, in because that Ox, yeah at mm. oxford v wickham 
Well, the atmosphere we heard was because the design of the stand, mm. it was it basically of... a box with one one mm. side or one pane removed mm. and essentially amplified the sound out. So, uh, and the Olympic Stadium is a circle. It's a dome. A dome, yeah. So maybe you need to look at the acoustics of that, but I don't know. That's a, about really f- so. that's a really <laughs> fascinating insight and a fascinating thing that people have to think about like yeah. designing a football ground or designing any stadium in general. Um, but yeah, no, this has been a very interesting insight into the world of architecture. Uh, it's been, I don't know, it's probably been about an hour It's been now. a journey. It's been a journey, especially yeah, the first journey. recording. Yeah. That was fun, very fun. But any any closing thoughts on architecture that you want to release um, to the listening tens? Um, just, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Um, enjoy it, enjoy it. That's a Appreciate great, it. And uh, if you have any jobs going, um, hit me up. Hit you up, yeah. <laughs> And now we're going to end it there. Um, lovely to talk to you, Jamie. Lovely for you to invite me into your university home. And thank you for today. Um, but yeah, a- a- any final thoughts? I might have already asked this, depending on the edit. Um, I think... Uh, you, sorry? You said you were going to use this as an interview if anyone wants to give you a job. Yeah, if anyone wants to give me a job, uh, hit me up. I'm part one amp- a- applicant. Have you enjoyed your first experience of a podcast? Very much so. I've enjoyed um, talking to your beard. I've... Talk to my beard. Not me, everyone. My beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is very impressive, by the way. Beautiful. Well, well groomed. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that one. <laughs> no, I've very much enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And yeah, you said you like talking about architecture. Be kind of You get whisked away in a, in a podcast, don't you? You kind of like, you, you have a point and you kind of go with it. Yeah, I, to be honest... Just talking about architecture actually makes you realise how much you you know or don't know. Um, oh, wow, that's really good. Certainly, there's stuff I didn't think I knew, and there's certainly a lot of things that I definitely don't know now. I want to... Look maybe, up. Maybe look up. Well, you're yeah. at university. That's the point you're here to learn. Yeah, anyway, we're going to say thank you there. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If anyone wants to leave any responses... I don't know how you can. Or, or donations. Uh, no, no donations. <laughs> not yet. I don't want any money from the loving tens of people. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to leave it there. And, uh, yeah, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Thank you for listening. And cheers. Goodbye. I'm just... I'm, doing, I'm not finished yet. Are we live on Spotify yet?